Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food space. I can't even wait. I mean, if you went to the website for my guest today, you're going to be like, oh, my God, where can I buy the thing on the website? It's like decadent, unbelievably looking like great photography and like you just want to buy it and eat it right now. Um, my guest is founder and CEO at Sunday Night Foods. Eileen Gannon is on. Eileen, so great to have you with us on the Contender Cast. Well, thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I love talking to fellow entrepreneurs. It's exciting for me. I thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I had fun like learning about you as we were, t- and, and I shared some of it with you before we hit record. I I've got a bunch of questions, um, and I can't wait to um, hear your background, and how you got into the food space. Um, before we get there, though, before we get to Sunday Night Foods, which as I mentioned earlier, I think really cool brand by the way. It's like what is Sunday Night Foods? I can't wait to check that out. Um, it's just got a good hook to it. But um, talk about your background. I mean, you were in wealth management. You were in journalism, communications, investor relations. I mean, like, give us your story, you know, maybe sum that up in a couple of minutes, and then let's jump into how you decided to start your own business. Sure. Well, I started with a passion for food and baking. I've won over 600 awards for baking. Oh um, I've gosh. been on the food. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yep. Um, and it's always a passion. But at the same time, I always had. Um, a, a corporate job. So I spent my 20s in nonprofits. And then uh, my early 30s, I went to Morgan Stanley, uh, and I worked for 15 years in wealth management, and, and then uh, was recruited in house for a software company that was just starting up. And I uh, raised a lot of capital from them, uh, and then also built out their corp comms and investor relations team, uh, went public in 2014. Um, and then finally, when I turned 55 years old, uh, I know now you can tell how, <laughs> figure out how old I am. Um, I decided that, well, originally when I was a kid, my goal was retired 55. I figured, boy, that sounds super old. You know, I'll be ready to be done by then. But now when I hit 55, <laughs> I realized that what I really wanted to do was retire from working for someone else. And uh, food had always been a passion the skills I picked up at the software company taught me how to scale, sure. how to leverage um, resources, how to do strategy, how to be diligent and uh, brave. Sure. And so in January 2020, I retired and um, you know started my food company based on a passion. Wow. Okay. So you, we can't just blow past these 600 plus awards. I mean, so you got these... Before starting your business, right? This is like you were doing your day job and you were cooking yeah. on the side, I'm guessing. So, all right. So yeah. what did you win awards for? Like, give us some idea of what you cooked. Like, what was your thing or what were your things? Oh, mostly baking. Okay. Some, some cooking, mostly baking. Um, the Iowa State Fair, I'm from Iowa. So the Iowa State Fair is the largest food competition in the nation. Um, I won many of my awards there. Uh, it's a pretty stiff competition. The bakers are extraordinary. Uh, for instance, I won the overall 11 times, and there might be 400 cakes wow. you know, competing in different classes. 400? Um, I've won lots of different awards there, but I've won some national awards. I won Seattle's Best Red Cup Showdown. Um, <laughs> I won um, an episode of Baking Like Buddy and Bakers versus Bakers, a few of those. 
Um, And what I'm really proud of is uh, within seven months of launching Sunday Night Foods, uh, my signature sauce won one of the largest awards in specialty food industry called the Sophie Award from the Specialty Food Association. And that was really thrilling because now you're up with the big boys, you know, series people in our very first year, the very first product won. So that felt fabulous. Wow. Amazing. And you probably you. always thought, you know, could this be more than a hobby? I'm guessing, and that, you know, or or was it? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to figure out how to convey that kind of like a, a talent or a creative outlet into something that would be a business. And right, I mean, I guess that was the tension at the time because yeah. you had kind of the day job, right? You Absolutely. had the corporate job, and it's like, anyway, I, I just assumed. I had a serious day job. I was working a lot, um, uh, almost around the clock, because when you work in a Software firm, especially one that's preparing to go public and goes public, that's a big, serious commitment. But what it taught me was how to do that, how to scale, how to start a small company, build it into something bigger. The thing is, anybody can have a great idea, but if you can't sell it and if you can't package it in a way that someone finds it valuable, it's just a good idea. It's not able to be executed. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there thinking, gee, I want to be this or that. But you really have to say, how will I sell it to someone else? What will they pay me for that? If you can't answer that question, don't get started. (laughs) You have to answer that question before you get started, which means research, research, research. You know, it doesn't cost much. And a Google search engine can give you an awful lot of information for free. Um, But to see what what you have that's different, you have to be different. You can't be the same as everybody and the same price as everybody because most chancely, Everyone else has figured that out already. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, usually later in the podcast. I ask our guests like for a piece of advice. There, we could just quote everything you just said. That would be number one. Um, <laughs> all right. So, the, I mean, like we could replay that part. And if I had the kind of like you know how people like when they advertise podcasts, there's like a quote that people are like flashing up. What you just said is like it. Um, yeah. But there's lots more to talk about. So talk about Sunday Night Foods. Why? Sun, why the name? Like, what was the idea? Um, and what was the original thought around product? Yeah, I'm youngest of a very large family. Um, and so one of our traditions was on Sunday night to slow down and be with each other and cook great food. My mother was an excellent baker. Um, and on Sunday nights, one of our traditions was hot, uh, hot fudge Sundays. She would make homemade chocolate sauce on ice cream. And it was just sort of a special time to, you know, slow down and uh, just catch our breath. And um, so I wanted to convey those sort of warm, comfort feelings of Sunday night but give people good food anytime they wish. So I spent three years perfecting the recipe. And again, I'm, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to baking. I made hundreds of batches and made everyone in my life and even other strangers taste it and give me feedback um, and perfected three flavors to start. The difference I use that no one else does done in the market is used a French technique. And so I use very high quality chocolate, very high quality vanilla, and fresh cream and butter, no preservatives, no additives, no gums, no fillers, um, no fake stuff, only pure, like you'd be making at home. And then I use a technique created by French chefs to make a chocolate ganache. Mm. Um, and what the result is, is this luxurious, silky, rich texture that you can't find anywhere else but ours. It's so amazing. I mean... The, these dessert sauces look incredible. Sweet, rich chocolate, dark, decadent chocolate, dark chocolate and sea salt. I think that would probably be mine. Um, yeah. So how, did you know like yeah. the materials already from your days of cooking or, you know, how, 
did, where to source this the type of material? You know what I mean? Like what or did you have to experiment? You said you had to do a lot of homework and, and and investigation. What did that look like? Yeah. So first of all, I started with the greens I love the most. I started the Gutard chocolate in their cocoa, which I love baking with. So I said, you know, the first thing I'm gonna do is use the highest quality ingredients I can find. And then I turned to Nielsen Massey vanillas and I tested all of their vanillas and settled on their pure uh, single-source Ugandan vanillas, real roasty and toasty, wonderful with chocolate. Um, and then I committed to fresh cream and butter and found the source of, of those. Uh, fine sea salt, because I wanted it to dissolve, but I also wanted that sea salt flavor. Sure. Uh, and then just pure sugar. And so I, the, the commitment for me was no corn syrup, mm, no got it. preservatives. Okay. Makes sense. And no emulsifiers. So the label is super clean. And you can do that with technique. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of, of um, uh, skill. It takes a lot of trial and error. Um, and, and I'm saying, you know, it's a daunting process, you know, more than I expected. You know, if <laughs> right. someone asks me, what did I not know going into this? I didn't know how difficult it was to scale and, uh, uh, a food product into the same quality that you expect yeah. at home. So that is a great segue. It's like as if you've written the outline for me. I love that. So it's one thing to make it in your kitchen and win prizes at the state fair. It's another to package a product and make it commercial and like volume, right? So talk about that and how you solved for that. Thank you. Um, so first of all, I cold called several co-manufacturers across the country. I absolutely did. Got on the phone and cold called. Googled them, cold called them. And so they said, no, I asked someone else who might say yes. And then finally found a food scientist who works with me today, a brilliant food scientist who recommended the co-manufacturer I'm working with today. Got I had to talk them into it. They weren't doing any chocolate sauce. I had to go out and do a lot of R&D. I had to, to beg them to work with me uh, as a startup, and it's been really successful. But you have to be you know, diligent and brave. And, and if you really believe it's there, just don't give up. Keep going. I love that. Um, and, and how long did that take? Was it a quick process, you know, cold calling and, and meeting with and figuring out? And then how did you make sure the quality was the same as what you made at home? I'll call it. So what I started, my timeline was uh, I knew I was going to retire in July of 2020. So in January of 2020, I hired a food photographer and a stylist oh, and we started it. shooting um, okay. images and marketing images long before I had food in jars, long before. I had the sauce on the oh, production. Oh, wow. So you kind of made because the Because I knew brand. what I wanted to do. Oh, ah, got yeah. it. I did. I made the brand first before I got sauce and jars. Got it. Why? Because everything takes time. And then COVID hit. So January 2020, <laughs> we're working, no mask, no problem, right? I went out to my co-manufacturer in March of 2020. And all of a sudden, things started to change, right? Sure. Then it all went to a halt. Right. And so that spring, that early summer, I can't get in the manu I can't get in the plant. They won't let me in. You know, everybody knows the rest of the story, right? And no so doubt. finally I get R and D a year later. A year later I go back in to R and D labs and then worked through um, kinds of different things. I worked with my food scientist. I worked with a chef at the co manufacturer who's a who's a French pastry chef knew wow. a lot about chocolate jumped in with us. And then I finally was able to get my first production run in August of 21 and launch in November of 21. Wow. So, um, in COVID, so COVID would have slowed that down a normal time. 
you're still looking maybe six to eight months from initial contact to R&D, to sourcing the ingredients, to pricing them out, sure. right? And then doing doing trial runs, production runs, testing out if you're doing something brand new. Wow. Um, as you've thought about going to market, by the way, I love your packaging. As you've thought about direct-to-consumer versus, versus retail, how have you thought about that? Um, what's been your strategy? So right now we were doing a, a, a mini prong strategy. Okay. So if you look at the jar and the label, I spent a lot of the time. My background was in journalism, court comms, and public relations. Um, and so I knew how to brand. I knew how to tell a story. And I knew I wanted to stand out. That's also why I win a lot of contests. Because you have to figure out, read the rules, and then you figure out how you stand out among the crowd. Sure. Right? So same principles applied. So I was getting my inspiration from all these gorgeous new booze brands. They're just doing beautiful labels <laughs> yes. and great storytelling. They are, right? They're right. fabulous. I'm like, oh, I want to be them, right? I want to be like them. So I picked a wine stock. So the paper is the same stock wine companies use. Um, I use two different spot garnishes. I have a hot stamp of the gold foil of our logo and a couple other highlights on the label, a lot what booze brands do. Sure. Um, and I made it in the food. And when I was doing it, people said, they don't do this in food. And I said, well, they do now. They do now. <laughs> you know, let's, let's right. Out. right. And um, and that's what I did. And it took wow. a long time to get it right. I went to the printer and spent the whole day at the printer waiting for them to line place and to test run and all sorts. So I think the thing is when you want to create something beautiful, you have to pay attention to every detail and be very exact in perfectionist like I am because that's how I create great food and how the packaging is so beautiful but it did not come without hours and hours and hours oh, I'm of sure. tedium. Has it been just you or have you leaned into some others to help you know build the brand, do the marketing, get yeah. the labeling right, uh, get product, you know all that? Sure. Our graphic designer lives in Costa Rica. She's originally from uh, uh, Denver. She knows a lot about packaging design. I have a chief marketing officer, Lindsay Black, who joined me Oh, uh, my first employee, um, and that, <laughs> nice. without tell you about a company, my first employee was a chief marketing officer, right? Like, <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> Got to sell you, it. You know, first person. Um, she joined me and, uh, let's see, August, uh, no, September 2020. So she's, she's very good at digital. So she jumped right in and started building out all of our digital assets. So when we launched, we launched with 40 recipes already in the website, um, with, you know, as many professional photographers or excuse me, professional photographs. In fact, one of our photographs is a finalist for award from the International Association of Culinary Professionals, wow. um, which is a big old deal in that industry. And one of our, we, so we, we're feeling, you know, award winning from the very start. We're pretty excited. I happen to live in Des Moines, Iowa, which is home to Meredith Publishing, which is now Meredith.dash. Uh, think better homes and gardens, right? right? Think country home magazine, big, big famous. Uh, and so many of their food stylists and photographers are available on a freelance basis. And so uh, within, you know, a few blocks of my house, um, one of the best food photographers and food stylists are available. Wow. So we were able to start from the best in the business day one. Wow. Amazing. And then my chief operations officer, Sarah Pritchard joined us a year ago uh, she comes out of the restaurant industry, MBA, very excellent at sales and operations. And she's just taken over all of that. Um, and then I also just have a marketing assistant and that's it. 
Oh, incredible. Um, so cool and, and still early days. What's been the initial result? Um, when has there been the moment of, okay, this is going to work? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're getting sales from people we don't know. You know what I mean? What does that look like? Have you hit that point? Yeah. How does that look? Every day feels like a milestone when right. you're starting. You <laughs> I think know? that's cool. Um, we've had some really early success, you know, great to win the award. You know, um, we just launched on Amazon last week with all four and five star reviews. And as you know, those have to be really authentic, yes. right? You can't, those, <laughs> you can't go begging for those. You can't go campaign no. for those. <laughs> we sold on the QVC oh, in, um, wow. in August, which was a kick. They were very professional. Um, again, yep. all five star reviews and we've been invited back to there. So I'm excited about that. Amazing. Um, we um, have, uh, applied, a, we're, we're gonna be in Bloomingdale's holiday catalog. Um, and we have gotten, we're in a like central market in Texas, uh, town and country, Bristol farms, Gelson's, Hy-Vee stores, and then lots and lots of gift shops, cheese shops, especially grocers um, across the country. Yep. Could totally see that. And so we're just new and we're not even a year old and we're running as fast as we possibly can. Um, but the other exciting thing, just today, I got a sample pack of a gallon pouch for food service. Now, oh, interesting. what we mean by food service, we mean country yeah. clubs, restaurants, bakeries, yeah. Reg- distributors, um, and yeah. very excited about that because there's very little in our space, which is high quality chocolate ganache made in a French technique as if their own pastry chef would make it. And, um, and we're very excited, very excited about um, launching into larger scale um, food service uh, market. Interesting. Now, would you work through um, distributors on that, like Compass or Aramark, or would you go direct to some of those restaurants, like the individuals first versus the chains? It's a great question. We're going to be exhibiting at the International Baking Ingredient Exposition in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Um, And we're going to wait and see what that comes through. So right now, we've had interest from both. Good. Just until today, I didn't have actually a gallon pouch because it's hard right. to take, again, <laughs> one jar into a gallon. No doubt. Um, and so both, both right now. Like right now, we have a chef in, in Des Moines, Iowa that uses it all the time and, and has been really doing a lot of work with us. Um, but we've had requests from chains, distributors, um, individual groceries, individual grocery stores. Some of the specialty stores we're in also have a bakery attached to them. We're getting a lot of um, uh, uh, requests from them. We're, they were just waiting for us to get it into a larger pouch. Wow. So we're there. So hopefully we'll get that all launched before we hit our one year milestone. That's awesome. You shared a lot of great advice as we've gone through our conversation here today. So I won't ask you the question of lessons learned. I think you've offered some amazing ones. But um, what I would ask instead is, you know, you have made the transition from, I'll say, corporate, you know, big companies, right? And into startup. How about share yeah. some of the differences or the comparisons and contrasts that you've seen or experienced? Because there's a lot of listeners that we have that are kind of the entrepreneurs. you know, they, they, they're working for the big brand and starting something on the side, thinking whether that's the right thing for them um, or have an idea and want to just go all in, but haven't, you know, maybe share a little bit about your experience from the big companies to doing startup. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that if you want to start your own, my advice is do something every day. Don't let the, don't let the dream die, whatever it is, you know, research your competitors, maybe figure out who your supplier could be. What was your name? Maybe find a graphic designer. One thing every day, and it can be little, it can be big. But if you keep doing it every day, you you maintain that hope. And then you learn every time you do it. If you say, oh, I'm going to do it. And then you go 
and just forget a month or two at a time, it's harder to keep it alive, right? If you find yourself talking to your friends about it, not do anything about it, that's a sign <laughs> that you need to start doing some action. As an old, old saying in the Midwest, it's all hat and no cattle. So, you know, if you're going to talk about it all the time, start forcing yourself to make some action on it, on, on it, on it when you're still working a full-time job. I the second that. thing is, is that if you're not used to working in a small environment, know that you are going to be in charge of a lot of stuff you're not really necessarily used to doing. Right. Know you're going to be your own secretary. You're going to answer your own phone. You're going to mail your own envelopes. You're going to do all those sort of <laughs> right. things. If you don't want to do that, you're going to have to raise the money for an assistant that will do that. Right. So it depends on what side of the, of the entry point you want to be. You can certainly hire it, but that's going to come right out of out of your, um, you know, your money right away. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of early brands just don't have, you know, the need uh, for a full-time assistant. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I think you have to be prepared to do any job that's necessary. You can't be above the jobs that's required. Yeah, I once, um, I once heard I think, on that topic, well, I once heard someone say, you know, at first you're wearing lots of hats and as the company grows, you can start, you know, handing off some of those hats over time. Right, that's right. Yeah, I think the other thing is, unwavering belief in yourself. Uh, there's not any business that started without setbacks, whatever they are. And if you get shaken real easy, it's probably not a job for you. Right. You have to be um, grit. You have to have temerity. You have to have belief. Uh, and you have to, um, you know, what I want to say, uh, um, I don't know determination that it's going to work because if you get knocked off your saddle and you can't get back up um you're going to have to if right. you still want to be an entrepreneur a yeah. lot of wantapreneurs <laughs> fade a dream but what happens is the dream fades pretty quickly when you hit a hard a hard a challenge and you can't figure your way around it right um and a lot of people do i mean let's you know, face it but you have to fail fast um you have to Take the lump, get yourself picked back up, talk to a friend, find some way to be positive, and get through it as quickly as you can. Yeah, and almost just, every entrepreneur you see has done that. No doubt. And sometimes you don't know until you're in it, you know, if you have that, um, you don't. that strength. You, you know. Um, wow, great advice. Uh, really cool company. I great. tell my people. Yeah, and, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, please, go ahead. I tell my people, you don't know, oftentimes you don't know a problem until you have the problem. You can't foresee it because everything you're doing is new. Every process is new, right? Every distributor is new. Every vendor is new. You can't see a problem until you have the problem. Your success is what you do with it once you get it. Wow. No, that's, you're like full of advice. I love this, Eileen. We should be like quoting well, all thanks. of these. And, and <laughs> This is so great. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> you're old. Not so I'm much. Um, hey, so excited for you and where you're taking Sunday Night Foods. Can't wait to have you back on down the road as you continue to grow. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, etc. Well, you can find us um, on our website at www.sundaynightfoods.com. You can go to Amazon. Um, you can go to your specialty gourmet retailer. If they don't have it, ask them to bring it in. That'd be great. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so we're trying to get more and more locations as quickly as we can. Uh, but the quickest one right now would be Amazon or our website. Um, uh, and um, uh, check us out. There's over 40 recipes there. Um, our campaign is One Sauce, A Thousand Ideas, which means you can do about anything you want to. It's like a little black dress of dessert sauce. 
love that. <laughs> That's great. Um, so cool. Uh, and like I said, it's been so great having you with us. And like, I mean, what great advice as much as just hearing about your company. Um, thanks for being with us, Eileen. And we look forward to having you back on down the road and look forward to following your success. Thank you so much. It was such a delight. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.